Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to, one of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job. At that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you today. Big day today on Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. as we came through the summer of Cliff Branch. And now we get ready for the Raiders' first preseason game. It's actually the second but the first game was called the Zero Game. Now we have Minnesota at home coming up and kind of a dress rehearsal. Dress rehearsal for everybody. Got a new team on the radio. Uh, we got our pregame show with the torch. We got a lot happening coming into this game. Uh, the TV broadcast is going to be in town. Looking forward to seeing and uh, spending time with Beth Mowens, Matt Millen, and our good friend Rich Gannon, who will be on the call for preseason television which is very exciting, too, and we're back for another year at Allegiant Stadium. I want to know today, interesting side topic. It's not my uh, premier topic today, if you want to call it that, but I want to know what you're doing with your season, preseason tickets. Pretty important question here. I'm the first to do it because I'm trying to clean this up. I really am. I'm trying to help clean this up because I have a funny feeling I know what's happening this year with who's coming to town. See, for the next three or four years, We're dealing with people coming to Vegas for the first time to see their team. And they might be hungrier than you to see their team than you are to see the Raiders. Does that make sense? You're you're, you're Raider fans. You're hungry to see your team every week. Well, you're not as hungry as a fan who's never seen a game in Vegas and wants to be a part of that inaugural game, and they want to buy your tickets. So for the preseason, I'm real loose. Whatever you want to do, man. I go. I go. My wife's going. We're going. Uh, my sons are in college. They come home. They're not going to the preseason. But we got a preseason game coming up this weekend, and I want to know what you're doing about it. I don't want to hear who you're selling your ticket to. I want to hear that you're going. I want to know if you're excited about going to these preseason games. And something I've been saying my entire career here with the team, the preseason games for me are for people who don't get to go to the regular season. So if you can't attend the game, give the tickets or sell them at – face value, you'd be a scoundrel if you tried to make a profit. I mean, get over yourself. You're going to make a profit on a preseason game? Uh, You got kids in the neighborhood? You got kids in the Little League or the Flag Football League that haven't been to a game? Why don't you bring them? Why don't you bring them to the game and let them experience what a game is like if they can't go in the regular season? Look, I know what your tickets cost in the regular season and how much you pay for them. But in the preseason, there's an opportunity to take a kid, to take someone who doesn't get a chance to go, And I used to do that back in the day a lot in Oakland. I'd give my preseason tickets away, and I made sure they were going to kids 
who didn't get a chance to go to games. I felt better about myself because I wasn't going to throw them away. I wasn't going to not use them. I wasn't going to just say it, hey, no one can go to the game. I can't give them away. I'll just eat the tickets. No, you find you find someone who's dying to go to Allegiant Stadium and sit in a plush, brand-new stadium and watch a football game and see a couple of plays and have that experience. So I want to hear from you on that topic and what you're doing coming up this weekend, 888 Three six four six. So I was out at practice today, and I don't go every single day. I try to go as much as I can, and there was a good fight. Max Crosby was killing people today off the edge. Max Crosby, to me, and we're friends, and I don't say it lightly, Max Crosby looked today like he was playing week six. He was just destroying people. Okay? You want to line up in pads and let Max Crosby play? He is going to destroy you. Now, I'm not going to say that he destroyed everybody. He did not. He did not destroy anybody. But let me tell you, then, this guy came to play today. I mean, when you look at this, and if you're a rookie like Dylan Parham, who we like a lot and we've had on the show, Vinny tweeted out, fight breaks out in Raiders camp between Max Crosby, Dylan Parham, pretty decent melee. It was. That was a good melee. I was on the other side of the field, so I can't give you the blow-by-blow, but I was there for it. There was some good energy, man. They needed a couple people to break that up. That's camp. Giants had the same thing yesterday. The Giants had a big fight. Wasn't the end of the world. And uh, I just want to tell you, when I saw Max out there working on these individual drills, and he was bending, coming off the edge, he looks like a freak. No matter what you think about the former regime, you give Mike Mayock credit for bringing him in here. That guy's a stud. He is literally what the Raiders need. They need fourth and fifth round picks to develop into first and second round picks. Because God knows we've had a lot of first round picks here. Garyon Conley, remember him? And Damon Arnett. Remember some of these guys? First round picks, and they didn't make the team. These guys, you couldn't get rid of these guys quick enough. You could not get rid of them quick enough. So Max Crosby today... It caught my attention. I, I was sitting around with Q and a couple of guys and a couple of people like my buddy Thomas, who was out at practice today, a season ticket holder, texted me like, dude, what's going on with Max? And I'm like, that's Max. Max is just insane. So for I had another buddy today who produces a big radio show in L.A. He was at Chargers camp, and he told me the same thing. He goes, man, I'm at Chargers camp, and these guys are brawling, going crazy. Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, J.C. Jackson – and I said, man, I was just I just left Raiders practice and they were they were getting after it. So that's good. That means camp has begun. If you're gonna have fights and it's hot and you're you're just sick of it and it's been a couple of days and you're just fierce and whatever. And Dylan Parham's a hell of a young player. Good pick by Dave Ziegler. We haven't seen him play in a real football game yet, but he had a nasty streak with him in college, and I thought he stood up for himself today. As a lot of the insiders tweeted, he stood up for himself today which is a good thing. So that's really all I got to add. I saw a bunch of individual drills with the defense and the offensive line, Leatherwood, the interior, and all that. And there's only so much you can see. There's only so much you can see, but I could see Max Crosby. I was pretty close to him today, and he was bending, coming around the edge. And you know how Max comes around the edge and his arms are like cutting like a karate kid? He's moving them. And again, good luck trying to get this guy going. So the key this year is going to be Chandler Jones and Mad Max, and which one is going to be double teamed? Which one is going to be double teamed? Which is the player that's going to go out there and kick ass 
Which is the player that is going to help them in the interior of that defensive line? And we're waiting to see. Because I saw some of the younger defensive line working on another field as they were going through individual drills today. And uh, those players uh, have time to develop here. You know, the talk about the offensive line still coming off the Hall of Fame game. We'll talk about that more. I I think we're going to spend a lot of time on the offensive line next Monday, Tuesday, coming off this game against Minnesota. Because I think a lot of the offensive line is going to play. And they're going to have to play. And I still think they're in the market to get a starter. And as I talked to, who was it today? It was Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5, the sports director. And we were walking back into the building, and we were discussing the timeline if the Raiders would get an offensive lineman and what Dave Ziegler would have to do. And it's pretty complicated because most teams aren't going to get rid of a good offensive line until they get down to the 53. Why would they get rid of them now? What happens if they get rid of one of their depth offensive linemen because they want to save some money, they want to make a move, then another guy gets hurt? That guy you need then. You don't want to get rid of them too early. So the Raiders are going to have a little time to find another offensive lineman, something that I've predicted the entire offseason, and we'll see how this plays out. But if you were out at practice today, if there's something you'd like to comment on about the energy of practice, you know, another padded practice, these guys are playing a lot. They are. I mean, if you want to do another day on Josh Jacobs playing in the Hall of Fame game, we could do that. But you're going to play on this team. You're only going to make this team. You will only make this team if you can play multiple positions or they believe that you can be a star going forward. Let me repeat that. You will only make this team if you're a star and your contract gets renewed, i.e. Max Crosby extension, Derek Carr, trading for Devontae Adams. We know who those guys. Hunter gets an extension. Or you can play multiple positions and prove your worth here. They will take guys and mold them into football players. They are not going to reward guys from other regimes, the coaching staff and the GM before, and just say, hey, man, we don't have enough guys. You're going to get a contract. Not working like that here. you got to be balls out. you got to be sharp. you got to be smart. Earlier today, it was was it on the Rich Eisen show? Yeah, Ryan Leaf, friend of the show, was filling in for Rich Eisen. And I was listening to it coming back, and they were talking about the Patriots. And the Patriots are really struggling in the preseason because Mac Jones is digressing because Josh McDaniels left. And on the show, they said that Josh McDaniels coached 253 games with Bill Belichick. I almost pulled my car over on the 215 and said, what? 253 games. Do the math, everybody. It used to be 16 games, not 17. And then add all the Super Bowls to six, which was the four to three playoff games in the Super Bowl, and just multiply it. And keep hitting multiply on your calculator. Josh McDaniels has seen every bleep in practice you could ever see. Then after those practices, he had to go sit in front of Bill Belichick, the greatest defensive coach of all time. Remember, Belichick was the defensive coordinator for Lawrence Taylor and the Giants and won two Super Bowls before he won six as a head coach. So Josh McDaniels had to have his A game every day to sit in front of Belichick. And then you look at Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. You believe the Patriots have Matt Patricia now reportedly as their offensive coordinator? It's because Josh McDaniels took their head coach of the Raiders. So everybody now is starting to say, not here in Vegas, but nationally, Oh, crap, we're in trouble in New England because our guru, our quarterback coach, our offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, with six Super Bowl rings is gone, and no one knows how to figure out this Mac Jones. 
So that's a big topic that's developing. Also today, Jason Simmons, the defensive back coach, spoke to the media a little while ago and uh, was asked a bunch of questions. First on the Hall of Fame game, what he saw on the tape of the Hall of Fame game, how the team performed. Yeah, the, the, the number one thing that I saw was the fact that they were competitive. Um, you would see that, that we're trying to form an identity through our habits, and, and that's competing every play, that's being physical every play, and that's communicating every play. And I really saw that. Uh, you know, this team is out here in the sun. They're working their behinds off. You can see that we're developing a callus. You know, we want to be a, a smart, tough football team. And, and I saw that. I saw the beginnings and the makings of that. Yeah, I like that. I like the callus and the working in the heat and they're working hard. You know, Patrick Graham, Jason Simmons, impressive as the defensive back coach. And he's talking about these players, as I mentioned here, as we were opening up the monologue brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town. The best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Wait to see what they're doing at the Stratosphere. They have their PTs right there in the lobby. You can go eat at the top of the world. It's fantastic. And then what they're doing with their golf, I repeat, golf facility, your mind is going to be blown away. PTs, the best happy hour in town. They fuel the monologue. Back to Jason Simmons, the defensive back coach, on players being able to be hybrids, playing multiple positions, showing their worth. I think that all starts really just uh, with the way the head coach sees the football team, the way Pat Graham sees the football team, and us teaching football as opposed to teaching positions. You know, guys need to be able to know where all 11 guys are. In every coverage, you need to know where your help is. You need to know the strengths and the weaknesses of every coverage. So, you know, that's a challenge for me to get it across to the players, and that's a challenge for them to go ahead and understand it and learn it. Yeah, and he's, he's got the philosophy of these defensive backs is very important, but to me what's more important is who's going to make the team. Who's going to play? What's the depth chart for the defensive backs at this point in time? Nate Hobbs, I believe, is trending towards an outside corner to start opposite Iraqi Asin if he has to go inside because Mullen is able to go and play at a high level. That's important, but Nate Hobbs is having an outstanding camp. Yes, we see Nate as a football player. You know, that's why you see Nate being moved around and utilized at, at, at multiple positions. I mean, he is also an aggressive player. He's a competitive player. Uh, he wants to do more. He wants to learn. He, I mean, he is a true sponge. And then there's a bunch of other players who are competing for spots, including Amik Robertson, who is, you know, a unique player. At times he flashes. At other times, I think he disappears. He's one of those guys, I consider him a guy. He's not a star in this league. So he's going to have to have a big camp, a big preseason, proving his worth. Uh, I see a guy that's eager to learn. I see a guy that's competitive. I see a guy that's feisty, a guy that has grit. Like Those are all of the intangibles that he has. You know, he, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and you can see it every day. All right, so chip on your shoulder is great, but can you make the team? Chip on your shoulder is fantastic. Everybody has a chip on their shoulder. They got a wife or a girlfriend back home. They got to pay bills, a baby or two. They all want to make the team. Everybody's got a chip on their shoulder. Who can cover? I just got back from Canton, Ohio, where all the former Raiders who were there were great at covering. Lester Hayes was there, Mike Haynes. And I keep bringing up the point that this team, this roster, does not have Art Shell, does not have Gene Upshaw. They do not have Mike Haynes, and they do not have Lester Hayes. We just don't have them on this roster. But fortunately, the roster has Darren Waller, Derek Carr, Hunter Renthro, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. So again, I keep talking about the all-star players, the pro bowlers, the ones who are about to be a pro bowler like Colt Miller, and then a bunch of other players. Denzel Perryman, let me include him, please. He made the pro bowl. And then a bunch of other guys competing for depth positions who can play multiple positions and can be hybrids. 
And let me just give you one more big thing that I picked up. I believe I could be wrong. I think I'm right that this defense under Patrick Graham over the next two to three years, because they're not the they're picked to be last in the AFC West. Do you get that? Vegas has them last at eight and a half wins, last in the division. I don't think they're going to be last in the division. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I'm not predicting the Raiders to win the Super Bowl this year. Sorry. But I think the Raiders can build to win the Super Bowl in the next two to three years. And the only reason they're going to be able to do that is to hold on to the cornerstone defensive players, build up a couple of players like Hobbs and make them great. And then they have to bring in new players who are hybrids, who are going to be cheaper, younger, and coach better by their position coaches. Sorry for the former coaches. I liked a lot of them. This is a different group of coaches, and I think they're going to coach a little bit differently. So that's the monologue. So your point of entry into the show today is really simple. Where do you think the Raiders' defense stands in the AFC West tonight? Right now, pretty basic, great topic for the Raider Nation. Gave it to you on a silver platter. Today, as we sit here, August 9th, 2022, where is the Raiders' defense to the AFC West? So that would be the Charger defense, the Chiefs defense, and the Denver defense. I don't want to go position by position. I want to know if you think that they are par, which is even to all them, better or worse. Let's do some radio today. Let's talk about this team and where they have to improve. Today is about defense because I saw the defense today, and I got a lot of defense on my mind. Uh, Levi Edwards is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour from the digital team. His notebook, he does some good stuff. Looking forward to having him on as a regular. Mike North in Chicago, why is he on today? Because the Bears have a big-time problem. Roquan Smith is requesting a trade from the Bears. Hello? Oh, my God. You want to talk about a need for the Raiders, even with Perryman? That's a hell of a player. That's a player that kick the tires, please, on that guy. That guy's an animal. And he's not happy because he doesn't think the Bears are respecting him enough with the actual language of the contract. Bears will probably get that deal done. And then Miles Simmons from Pro Football Focus a little bit later on in the show as we go around the NFL and we'll cover all of the NFL and get you going around other camps and all that. But the number is 702-365-9200. I want to know where you think the Raider defense is because we don't know where they are now with the team. We don't know. What do we know? We know nothing. But you should know where they stand with the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos. As I sit in the studio today with DeMond, Bobby's out. I'm getting ready about five minutes before the Rich Eisen show ends. Rich, who we hung out with in Canton, getting much, I would assume, a vacation because he was in Canton for a week. And the guy who was filling in is talking about how Justin Herbert's going to Super Bowl. And I'm like, God, Jamon's like, don't break your headset. You got, we don't have another one. We don't, I don't have the key to the cabin. I can't get you. I'm like, am I going on in five minutes on this station and, and Justin Herbert's going to the Super Bowl? Come on, man. Or as they say, come on, man. Like, how much of this Charger love fest are they making me deal with, man? Scott Kaplan was on with me last night. He has an unbelievable soundbite that I save. Whenever we have good content from a podcast or another interview that I can play here, and it fits with what we're doing today, and we'll continue to talk about the love fest for the Chargers. Oh, just a powder puff blue yellow lightning bolt 
love fest for a franchise that has never done squat. I was just in Canton, Ohio. You couldn't find a Charger player or a Charger fan anywhere in the state of Ohio. And everybody's just telling you how great the Chargers are, man. Oh, they are the flavor of the month. Every year at this time, the Chargers are in the playoffs. And then something happens. The only problem is I think they're good. (laughs) Right, Tamon? I told you that, right? I think they're damn good this year. And they usually get hurt, right? Derwin James can't play. Bosa's out for two games. Something happens. This year, I think they're damn good. And I think the Raiders are going to have to jump on them game one and steal a win on the road. Yeah, but Brandon Staley as a head coach, I'm still, the jury's yeah. still out on yeah, him. Yeah, I call I him Boy Blunder. Yeah. Yeah, he risks it too much for me. He's risking it too much for me to trust him. Shouldn't he change? I think he should because you can't be going for it on fourth down. They, the reason they didn't make the playoffs last season, the Raiders played great. You know, they that end of the game, that was one of the best games I've ever been to. But he cost his team the game. Fourth and 18. Boom. Go ahead. We're all in agreement on that. The yeah. two of us are. Yeah. I think that Brandon Staley, he cost the Chargers that game. I think that, and I've been saying it all offseason, I think that the Chargers have the best roster in the AFC West today. I think Kansas City's roster that's been far better than everybody else's has come back to below the Chargers, just below it. I think the Raiders are right there with Kansas City and I don't buy into I buy into Russell Wilson. I think he's a hell of a player. I don't love Denver's roster. They got some good players. I mean, I'm not running around. I'm not scared of Jerry Judy. The hell's he ever done compared to? We got Devontae Adams, and they got they lost some players in the Russell Wilson deal. So that's where the show's going today. I remind you, the show started 21 minutes ago. It doesn't start 21 minutes from now. Light up the phones and get it going. Where do you rank the Raider defense in the AFC West? One. Two, three, or four. And uh, maybe you'll want to put into your phone call where you think that defense needs to improve on here over the next couple of weeks before the Charger game. 702-365-9200 as we begin. Uh, JT here for a beautiful day today. Good to see a fight that reportedly, I think, reportedly no one got hurt. God forbid anybody gets hurt in a fight. Mad Max looked amazing. Dylan Parnham fought for his respect and got it. In camp, sweat running around, and guys fired up. Guys want to hit people when they're in pads. I saw that from your flagship and the Raider Nation earlier today. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest-growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. JT, back with you. Good to hear from you today. Good to see you today. Saw a lot of cool fans out. At Raiders practice today. If you're going to practice and you're fortunate enough to be out at practice, we'd really like you to participate on the show. 702-365-9200. We're looking for you to rank the Raider defense in the AFC West today. Uh, That's what I'd like to know from you. Your perception, and we know amongst the Raider Nation what needs to improve, but I'm asking you something specific today. Where do you rank this defense compared to the rest of the division And uh, where do you see the improvement and how they get better there? Because I think when you look at the offense, and maybe we'll do this in a couple of weeks, I think the Raiders' offense, the skill position players, they rank one. So I rank the Raiders at quarterback, slot, tight end, and wide receiver number one. But their offensive line, I would rank fourth. So I can't put their offense one. Now, if they had a great offensive line with these playmakers, then they'd be number one overall. 
And we'll get to the offense. But defensively, you know, Max Crosby, and reportedly, and we hope to see it, and we'll get a chance to see one of the great edge rushers on the other side of him, a phenomenal elite potential Hall of Famer. Now we're looking at a team with Chandler Jones and Max and Perryman in the Pro Bowl and Rocky Sin if he if he plays the way he did last year and got better. We'll be looking at a, I think, middle-of-the-road defense there. But what defense is better and what defense did the Raiders pick up on? Also, we'll talk to Levi Edwards from the digital team coming up in a minute. Antonio, thanks for calling the flagship of the Raiders. What's happening today? Hey, man, what's happening, man? Great subject, man. You know, first I got for sure uh, bottom four as the Chiefs. I'm going to rank them with the with their just the whole change over their team. I, I'm not mm-hmm. too concerned about their defense. You know, I know their offense. And that would be the key to me for this season if you can stop Kelsey. But to me, I've got a tie between the Raiders and and and, and, and the Chargers at number mm-hmm. one and two. But I give a slight edge, but they got a quarterback back there named Derwood James who can play that defense anywhere they go. So – we're giving all this hype on here uh, on Nate Hobbs and all our young kids. Mm-hmm. I need to see. I need to see it on the field, um, JT. And I and I, and I know you know everybody talks about Max's pressures. He pressured the quarterback. But I want to see what Al Davis just say. I want to see the quarterback go down. I want to see him go down hard. I want to see sacks. I want to mm-hmm. see strip sacks. So right now, I got the I got as a tie with the Chargers and and and, and us because only because of Derwood James that that who steps up in our secondary that remains to be seen. But um. That's where I got it at. That's okay. where I got, JT. Yeah, I got it with Thank you, you, too. I got the Chargers defense better than the Raiders. I do. I think they have a better defense, and I have the Denver secondary. The Denver secondary better than the Raiders secondary. That that secondary that they got in Denver, which I'll get to, Patrick Sertain the second, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, the rest of that defense is really good. Really good. But they don't have the edge rushers, and Bradley Chubb, is usually never available, but look, I, I I like what the Chargers have off the edge. I'm a big Khalil Mack fan. Don't root for him. He's a hell of a player. And Bosa, Bosa's a knucklehead at times and just has games against the Raiders where he doesn't dominate. The fortunate thing about the Chargers for the Raiders is that Derwin James has been hurt the last couple of years. Bosa hasn't dominated games the way Chandler Jones, you know, would have a five-sack game against Tennessee. We haven't seen the best of Bosa. Mr. Interception, J.C. Jackson is the best corner in the league, clearly. His numbers back it up. And, you know, I'm going to get to Kansas City's defense there, too, losing Honey Badger and some of the depth they've had over the last couple of years. They've come back to the pack. All right, Levi Edwards kind enough to join us. Great insider for the Raiders. Everything he does, covering them digitally at Raiders.com. And, Levi, good to see you out there today. What would you see with Max and the pushing and shoving and the little, I don't want to call it a baby brawl, but it's a camp Camp brawl categorized like that. How'd you see it from your perspective? You always love to see guys getting physical, getting competitive. It just means that they care. They want to go out there and they get better. And obviously, Max Crosby is a very hard guy to get in front of to block just because of the combination of strength, speed, and length that he possesses. And that can be really irritating for anybody to block against. You can ask any team in the NFL that's had to go up against them, that's had to double team them during the season it's not anything big just guys getting competitive you know it's in the middle of the summer Mm. middle training camp things like that are gonna happen yeah i saw from the angle where we were standing over there on the far right 
It just looked like he brought some juice today, and you're at practice more than I am, but he was bending coming off the the edge and using his hands and all those ways he moves his hands to cut underneath and all. I just I felt like Max Crosby was playing a game speed, and you think that's just something he brought to practice today, or do you see that every time he runs those drills? We had a different vantage point of practice today. Usually we're kind of on the opposite side mm-hmm. of the field, and we get to see a lot of the offense usually on practice days. Today they put the fans and the media on the other side of the field near the defense. So I think Max wanted to really put on a show right. for the guys that were there. Of course, Max Crosby plays with maximum effort any time I've ever seen him play in practice or in game. The dude was out here balling for the Pro Bowl, he was the only guy that was actually legitimately rushing during the Pro Bowl, which resulted in an MVP. So if you're going to play your heart out during the Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. then I feel like you're going to play your heart out anytime you ever step on a field, uh, regardless. So that's just that's just Max being Max. That's the way I see it. Levi Edwards joins us, contributor to the Raiders on the digital team. You'll hear him with us every couple of weeks and uh, really want his perspective as he's there a lot interacting with the players So, Levi, I'm looking at the defense today. I want to spend time with, first off, what you took away from Jason Simmons' press conference today. touched on Nate Hobbs. Nate Hobbs, to me, is having an amazing camp. Do you see him starting potentially as an outside corner, or do you still think his strength is in the nickel and playing the slot? Well, you were talking about Jason Simmons' press conference, so I'm going to actually take a direct quote from Jason Simmons as we speak. Nate Hobbs is a football player. And that's what he said, and that's what I believe. Nate Hobbs is a football player. I know Nate Hobbs will find a way to probably start on this football team. I cannot tell you where because he's just proven to be so versatile. Mm -hmm. You don't know if he's going to be outside corner. You don't know if he's going to be nickel corner. For for all I know, there could be times where he could be playing deep safety. You really have no idea where they're going to put Nate Hobbs just because he's proven himself to be so versatile. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, I think Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Merrick have been having the camp of their life. These two guys that came in, they were drafted Mm -hmm. together. Rookies played significant snaps, and they've been grinding this offseason. They've been grinding training camp, and it's been really visible. And I'm really excited to see what they can do, uh, not even just – once the season starts, but just leading up to the season throughout training camp. Levi Edwards is our guest, Raiders.com, one of the great digital reporters. Tremendous insight for the team. So, Rocky Sin, assuming we see Trayvon Mullen whenever we see him at full strength, I'm a little bit concerned to the depth and who you believe is showing up in camp with Anthony Averett. And looking on the other side, we mentioned we played sound from Simmons on uh, Amik Robertson. Is, is anybody look to you in, on the depth chart of backup corners like you're going to expect to see something big in the next couple of three preseason games where there's going to be some separation at that backup position? Well, what's great about this is Jason Simmons even said during his press conference where the guys who have been missing time, they're pros, and they're still taking mental reps. Mm-hmm. They're still in the meetings. They're still doing everything they need to do to be able to be ready to play once the team feels like they're physically able to go back on the field and play. So a lot of these reps that are taken by these guys now are the guys that are honestly the most important reps because they are truly fighting for a roster spot. And so when I see guys like Amit Robertson grinding because he's trying to make the team, he's trying to continue to prove himself. I see guys like Darius Phillips in the secondary Mm -hmm. in a reserve role that are really getting after it and playing well. 
Uh, Farley, a guy that just got picked up, I believe, right towards the beginning of training camp, uh, not too long ago. He's really been grinding out. You even have UDFAs that are coming out, and they're really getting after it as well. I really like what I've been seeing from Cosby, Sam Webb, guys like that. They're even competing for jobs. So I feel that people are looking at this defensive back room and they're mm-hmm. thinking to themselves, okay, well, this guy's missing practice, this guy's missing practice, this guy, so forth. And people are thinking that the depth in the room is very shallow. I wouldn't look at it like that this early in training camp. I would just see it as an opportunity for these other guys, like you said, in these reserve roles to come out and really prove themselves to make this roster. Levi Edwards, as we wrap it up, I want to spend some time with Divine Diablo. I think he's a very important position player, a hybrid, a guy who could be asked to do a bunch of different things. The perfect type of player that Patrick Graham talked about. I don't know where they're going to line him up. 3-4-4-3, three, four, four, three, the different schemes that they're going to have. But for him to fight to stay on the field on first, second, and third down and to be a guy who could drop into coverage. Tell me about what you've seen with his camp and his development, especially a guy who can maybe cover the pass and guard a tight end from time to time. What I've seen from Divine Diablo, not just throughout training camp, but also in that first preseason game against the Jaguars, Divine Diablo could potentially be the best athlete on the team wow. as a whole. And that's with you know high regard. I mean, there's a lot of athletic guys. When I say athleticism, I just mean strength, speed, agility, just in terms of being a natural freak athlete, not outside of being knowing the game or being able to play the game of football and intangibles. I just mean just in terms of athleticism. Devon Diablo is, in my opinion, a top five, top three athlete on the team. So to have him make that transition from safety to linebacker and really start to get comfortable in it and the way that Graham uses the system, I think will be extremely beneficial to Devon Diablo. He's looked very good. I love the way that he can cover because, of course, you got guys like Denzel Perryman who are really good run defenders. That's what he does. He's going to knock your block off. But you also have to have some guys, especially when you're playing in the AFC West, you're playing against Kelsey, you're playing against some of these high-end tight ends that the Raiders are going to have to play against this upcoming season. You're going to need a linebacker who's going to be out and go out and cover who can run a 4-4-4-5 and keep up with those guys that can go out for – passes and be the receiving threats that we've seen Darren Wallaby for the Raiders. So Devon Diablo doing his thing, I think, is going to be great for the Raiders' defense moving forward. All right, Levi, last one. You're a young guy. You've been with the team now for a while. What was your big takeaway from Cliff Branch and the weekend as you had an up-close view, what you saw on TV, what you saw just around, and just being around this organization and how much went into Cliff Branch and his induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? A lot of things stood out to me just in the sense that Cliff Branch is such a legend and a lot of the ways that the NFL has evolved into what it is now with just vertical threats and the deep routes and you having to watch out for that. You see so many explosive guys now like Tyreek Hill and even Devontae Adams when I look at him and the way that he glides and he can get deep on the field, but even Deshaun Jackson – is a guy that I looked at a lot. But those guys, uh, the Cliff Ranch paved the way for those guys to be doing what they're doing now within this evolution of what we see in NFL offenses today. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that, but if you go back and you watch the film, it's, it's clear as day. And I feel, I believe that Elaine Anderson, his sister, gave an amazing speech 
she did an open letter and I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was very well stated to the point. Something that she said that really stuck with me during her open letter is she said Cliff was delayed but not denied. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about greatness. Uh, no matter what field, no matter what game, it doesn't matter anything in life. If you are truly great at something and you deserve the recognition, you might not get it when you feel like it's due. You might not feel that you get as much as you feel like you deserve, but one day you will get your shining moment and your recognition. And so even though Cliff is not with us today, his greatness will always be immortalized now in in Canton. And you can definitely say that the legacy of his career may have been denied, may have been delayed Hall of Fame greatness, but it wasn't denied. And He's in there now, and you can't take that away from him. You got it, Levi. Good seeing you today. Looking forward to having you on more often. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, JT. You got it. Levi Edwards, check him out at Raiders.com. He has his camp notebook, and he's there. He's there more than I am. He's at practice every day with the shows and everything we're doing here. We're out there, but we want to have more and more insiders who can see it from a different perspective. Part of our insider team, which is set for this year, coming up here, our third year on Raider Nation Radio. He'll be a part of it. 702-365-9200. We're looking for your opinion on where the Raiders stand in the AFC West defensively. How do you rank them one through four? Where do you have the Raiders? Warts and all. What do you like about the Raider defense coming in? What do you think they have to improve on? And maybe compare it to one of the other teams in the division. So, again, I'll go first. I don't have the Raiders defense being a dominant defense. They're not. They're not there yet, but they have the pieces. They have Chandler Jones, and they have a great Max Crosby and Perriman. I'm counting on Rock Yassin. I've seen him play live once. Very good player. He's replacing Casey Hayward. He has to play really at a high level to do what Hayward did. So I just take Casey Hayward. If he ends up being him, and I think he has more upside. So we'll go with Rocky Yassin. Trayvon Mullen has to be healthy. I can't evaluate him if he isn't able to go. Jonathan Abram, I need to see more out of him. I'm a big believer in the center fielder, the Bernie Williams, as I call it, the deep center fielder, the Andrew Jones of the Raiders is Trayvon Merrick. Two thumbs up for me. The rest of the guys, show me something. And you're going to have to show it in the preseason, and you're going to have to get reps. Multiple reps, multiple looks. This isn't, hey, man, warm up, take your helmet off, and put your cap on in the preseason. We need these guys playing. You cannot play Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray back-to-back without Divine Diablo making plays in the preseason, without somebody being, being a secondary backup corner who gets a pick in the preseason and turns the ball over without seeing a defensive tackle shine in the preseason. All of this has to happen, and I'm not worried about it. I think it's going to happen, but there's some guys who aren't out on the field. There's some guys who need to get out there and start playing now. I thought this was going to be Cleve Farrell's big year, final year playing with an angry chip on him. Where is he? You look at some of the players in the depth on the defensive tackle position, Hankins and the rest of them. What are we going to get out of them? No idea. And no idea. You're going to get Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. And then you got to to tackle Derrick Henry in week three. Holy crap. That That defensive front against the run, Kyler Murray's going to run. Austin Eckler's going to run. Derrick Henry's going to run downhill. I want to see... Defensive tackles who can shed a double team and make a tackle or not be double teamed because they're not. They're not going to be double teamed because Mad Max and Chandler Jones are going to be double teamed. 
and you got to play well, and you got to stop the run, and you got to get the Raiders into third and eight, third and nine defensively, third and five, so Max and Chandler Jones can tee off. And I don't know if the team's going to blitz. Are they going to blitz off a 4-3? I doubt it. Are they going to blitz off a 3-4? You would hope. Where's Abram going to be, in the box? Or is he going to be getting exposed and need some help? Don't know. That's why I can't wait for these preseason games. Josh McDaniel sent a message. You're playing. You're not good enough. You're not good enough not to play in the preseason. Derek Carr is, and Hunter Renfro is. Don't want to see him. The rest of you guys on defense, strap it up like Max did today. Practice that hard and get ready to play Minnesota. This Minnesota game is going to be good. Because I think the defense, you're going to start to see not the scheme that they're going to save for the Chargers, but you're going to see the pace and the energy and how hard they play, like you saw in Canton. I thought Canton was something great to build on. I think the Minnesota game is going to be something better. And we get a chance to do it at Allegiant Stadium. 702-365-9200 as we open up the show. Mike North, the legendary radio host from Chicago. Roquan Smith is available potentially in a trade or not. We'll find out. We'll go live to Chicago at the top of the hour. We're brought to you by Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. Brewed as a model of what good beer should be. I have a bucket of Modelo's on the weekend. I had one at the Clip Ranch Party. Modelo Especial is a rich, full-flavored Pilsner-style lager. Crisp, refreshing taste. Brewed with the fighting spirit. Get this, since 1925, Modelo. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Remy Martin, the official cognac of the JT The Brick Show. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. JT, back with you. Breaking news. The Las Vegas Metro Police Department conducted a vehicle stop at Fairfield and West Utah near Wyoming and Las Vegas Boulevard on a driver later identified as Marshawn Lynch. Suspected driver impairment. The mugshot is up right now. Marshawn Lynch was transported by LVMPD to the Las Vegas City Jail and booked for driving under the influence. Uh, that is trending 11 minutes ago. It's all over uh, the internet. It's all over social media today. Marshawn Lynch pulled over suspicion uh, suspicion of DUI, and he has been booked. Booking photo has been released after the arrest of DUI in Las Vegas today, Tuesday, from Marshawn Lynch, and it's a tough picture to look at. So Marshawn Lynch has done a lot for this organization. Been around this organization for a while. The legend out of Seattle. Uh, difficult time to see this happen. And we'll let this play out in the court system here in Las Vegas and see what happens next when there's more to add to the story. Keep it here to Raider Nation Radio to find out more about it. 702-365-9200. We're ranking the Raider defense as of today in the AFC West. Here's Raider X checking in. Hey, guys. Hey, AJT. How are you, bud? What's happening? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Couldn't be better. Back from Canton, rested, ready to roll. Hey, my, my, my pleasure to speaking with you, brother. Hey, so uh, it's going to pain me before, after I get done uh, speaking on this, but um, I, I currently rank the Raiders' defense at third mm-hmm. uh, ahead of the Chiefs and uh, only se- second to the, the, the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to finish at second 
I think they're going to have a lot of upside, I think, because of a lot of youth and a change in the system. Um, I think right now the strength and the versatility is at their linebacker and up the middle. I like your analogy of uh, the center fielder, and I think that Trayvon Merrick is going to be a huge addition in addition to having uh, the toothage of Harmon out there. Yeah. But uh, the biggest thing, I think, you know, I think you told, you said to kind of give up theme. I think the theme that we're going to see, and I thought it was a big upswing with having uh, uh, Gus, Gus uh, you know, kind of transition them and get them on in the, going the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, Graham is really going to take it to a new level because how he's going to adapt game by game, you know, series by series, and constantly, you know, have them learning. And I think we're going to have a lot of quick thinkers and a lot more intelligent play out there that's really going to put, create a lot of mismatches and a lot of fits for offense. Yeah, I thought that Gus did a pretty good job lining him up. Thanks for the call. Gus did a really nice job prepara- preparation, lining him up. But it, at times it was a softer defense. It was a bend-don't-break defense. They weren't great in the red zone. They didn't turn it over, which was one thing that I wanted them to do. And I know Patrick Graham will do a better job at the turnover. You can't get much worse. So when it comes to scoring defense and the weakness of the Raiders, I think Josh McDaniels wanted to make sure that Patrick Graham had this team with a bunch of different schemes with different looks and aggressive plays so they could do better in scoring defense. They just got to turn it over better. And I've heard multiple shows say, I heard on NFL Network the other day, that if Patrick Graham has a very good year, very good year with the Raider defense, he could be a head coach next year. So there is a chance Patrick Graham might not be around here for a while, which would be a positive if the Raiders ended up being great on defense. He'd be rewarded. But I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know who's going to get fired and what jobs are going to be available. But that's what some people around the league think of him. So I have the depth chart here in front of me at Denver, the Raiders, the Chargers, and Kansas City. And we're all assuming that Kansas City's defense is coming back to the pack. I just don't know how far they're going to fall. But the Chargers' depth chart is pretty insane. It is on defense. They're known for their defense here, and I just don't know exactly what's going to happen with the addition of Khalil Mack. How much does Mack have to line up on the edge and get to the quarterback? Because he was pretty dominant. He was dominant at one point in time. I thought he was the best in the league for two or three years. Uh, When Kenneth Murray is healthy on the inside out of Oklahoma, I thought he was a really good player, but it's their secondary that jumps out. Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James, and J.C. Jackson, that's pretty strong. And Denver's secondary is the best. Denver's got the best secondary. But Denver doesn't go crazy at the linebacker position. They don't have the edge rushers, I believe, that the Raiders have. So the Raiders... Very awkward to talk Raiders rankings this year, isn't it? Because Vegas puts them at eight and a half wins. A lot of people think their defense is going to be middle of the road. A lot of people think their offense is going to be great if the offensive line steps up. There's not really anything easy to say about the Raiders this year other than special teams with Carlson and Cole. You got the best in the business there. Then you look at the edge rushers, you got the best in the business there. Then you go with the one wide receiver, you got the best in the business there. A lot of all-stars. A lot of all-star players, Pro Bowl players. And Colt Miller. But then the rest, at what I saw today, I liked today. Today, someone was pissed off. And Max Max proved it. There was a lot of, I think there was a lot of hand-to-hand combat today. A lot of hands to the chin. A lot of hands to the face. To the point where Dylan Parham was standing up because he was getting bull rushed. Max was bending, coming around the edge like a warrior. Everybody else on the interior, 
There was a lot of people moving backwards and a lot of people getting pushed back today. Patrick Graham had them going today. I don't know what he said in the pregame before they took the field for practice, but he said something because there was a lot of manhood being challenged today. And I thought everybody stepped up. It was really cool. All right, so that's where we are, one hour down. Mike North's coming up next. He's a pleasure in Chicago because there's breaking news on the dysfunction of the Chicago Bears. Could the Raiders be interested in Roquan Smith, and linebacker? They got some money. We'll touch on that and uh, go to that camp and find out what's happening with the Bears. So that's where we are today. And also, Miles Simmons will join us a little bit later on from Pro Football Talk on a gorgeous Tuesday on the flagship of the Raiders.